You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang. Thank you for joining me here in my virtual living room to talk with me because I'm flying solo this week on this episode on Crazy Rich Asians. Now, for those of you who are returning listeners, y'all have heard me gush about Aquafina, who provides my intro-outro music, Yellow Ranger, who I love, who I have gotten to know and befriended through work with Collaboration, a nonprofit that is there to discover and connect Asian-American artists. Um, I've just been a fan, and I've been watching her career unfold, and it's incredible. I can't put into words like how amazingly excited I am for her and all her success. Um, But yeah, every time I do a shout out for Aquafina lately, I've been like amping up this movie. I've been hyping it up because I've watched it five times at this point and I'm a huge fan. So context for anybody who doesn't know me yet, but will continue to get to know me. I'm an actor and now I'm also a writer and aspiring director filmmaker, producer, what have you. All the things. I want to be all the things in film. I will hold your lights up if you need, if you'll pay me, but I would much rather write, direct, and act. Um, That is my life, working in the biz. So this movie, for so many different reasons, means so much to me. So let's just dive right in, right? All right. First of all, I already ruined my first of all because I already just told you. I watched this movie five times. I was privileged enough to watch one of the very first screenings. I think it was the second screening ever. Correct me if I'm wrong, Marvin, who's my audio engineer. Holler. Uh, We got to go watch a very early draft of the movie where nothing was picture locked. You know, things were definitely open to still be edited. They wanted feedback from the audience. It was my first time ever getting to experience that where I get to tell the filmmaker of a major studio production, like my thoughts and how they ought to fix or change X, Y, Z. And let me tell you guys, like I fell in love with this movie from the get go, even though it was very rough around the edges, you know, it was not complete. There were, the lighting was not, you know, they had not fixed any of the lighting. The sound was kind of crazy. The music wasn't all there. Um, everything was very just kind of like a placeholder. But I will tell you guys that from the moment I watched this in November, I was incredibly emotional, unexpectedly emotional, and very deeply moved and excited. Now, for a lot of those of you who might be here that are also listeners of my other podcast that I I host with Marvin called Collabcast, which is the podcast for collaboration, we've spent the last 170 plus weeks talking with different Asian American creatives, whether they're musicians, writers, directors, actors, just diving into their process, their lives, their journeys. And a lot of that conversation has really been about identity. I mean it's all about identity. And I've talked about in I've talked about that in various forms in this podcast cuz talk about whatever I want, whether it's Asian American focused or not. But 
To say that I care about my Asian American identity is a gross understatement. I've met a lot of different people throughout my life who have a lot of issues with who they are, where they come from, and I've been able to talk with a lot of people, get to know a lot of people, and peel back the layers of why some of them have a lot of resentment or hatred or embarrassment and shame or guilt about who they are and where they come from. And me wanting to be an actor and wanting to write and direct stories and just kind of generally being obsessed with pop culture, I think it's given me a very particular lens and a very particular filter in how I have absorbed all of that information. Now, I'm a very empathetic person. I'm a very intuitive person. I don't necessarily need to hear all the facts. I kind of listen to how people talk about things. I look at the way their body language is, their tone of voice, where their eyes go, um, their behavior, right? And I kind of let all of these different things, not just the words that they say, but the way that they say it, and the way that other people can kind of cross-reference a certain story and give me a better understanding of what it is, I feel like I've been able to gather maybe... <laughs> the, I Honestly, this is a big statement, but I might, I might have the most comprehensive modern-day understanding of Asian Americans in America. And that's a big, big-ass statement. But let me tell you why I believe that. I have traveled around North America nonstop talking about Asian America, about identity, about business, about representation, about the experience with people from like major metropolitan areas like New York. I grew up in the Bay Area from Los Angeles. I've heard about it from Boston and then I've heard about it from Atlanta and Dallas and Houston and Detroit and you know, Seattle and and Honolulu and every experience is so, so unique and different, but there's so many core things that really are universal and the same. And the things that I can kind of share back, report back to all of you to give context of why this, to begin to explain why this movie meant so much to me is that Asian Americans, the blanket statement that I think we can say is that we've felt invisible. Um, the diversity conversation is really still very fresh and new. And the diversity conversation that has existed up until now has been primarily focused on the black and white communities that those narratives, the third, you know, the third supplementary conversation is the Latino community. And I feel like that still doesn't even get a lot of shine, especially given how many Latinos live in America. It's absolutely absurd, but like it's really been this dichotomy of black and white, right? Um, Asians have been a very peripheral, very minority of minorities of minorities. Like I've heard about, even when companies talk about diversity, they're talking about the black community, Latino community, kind of the Asians, but really more about women. They're talking about uh, LGBTQ, uh, talking about disabilities. Like Asians are kind of in the fourth and downward list in that list, if there's a list, you know, um, just from so many different aspects. I've, I've really gathered a lot of data to conclude how unimportant Asian representation or Asian identity has been. And when it is addressed, it's been in this very stereotypical manner. It's been on a very superficial manner where you're clumping 
46 plus countries, way more languages, way more heritages in those countries, you know, religious backgrounds, skin tones, like is there's so much diversity within Asian, but like clumping it all together as doing like, let's do a Chinese New Year party, you know? So given all of that, given my background working in Asian America for the last nine years through my work with collaboration, honestly going even back as like starting the Asian Student Union in high school in my very, very white high school in Pleasanton, California, um, to <laughs> being part of the Asian Pride era, which was the early days of K-pop back in the 90s, and like the very specific you know, fashion styles, the very specific music, the Panay and Panoy music that I used to listen to, which is, if for those of you who don't know, the, the Filipino Americans who like made incredible R&B and hip hop music that we all just enjoyed and like embraced out in the West Coast, very much so. It's been this like ongoing progression of understanding who I am, where I come from, why I am the way that I am, how I am the way that I am why I'm so angry about certain things, um, the things that I resent, the things I'm prideful about, like, it's deep, you know? Anybody's identity about who they are, where they come from, um, it's deep. It's It makes up the fabric of who you are. So all of that has made me very sensitive, very interested, very curious, very just heightened, I guess, in every way when it comes to things that are related to Asian American, anything. I question a lot of people's authority when anybody speaks about it too, when it's in like a publication, when people talk about it on TV or in the radio, I'm like, where are you getting that information from? Like, who said that? You know what I mean? Um, I question that because a lot of people have a lot of different opinions, but it's just incredible how, how on point people, some people can be and then how misguided others can be. And I credit that a lot to representation in media, right? If you are a fixture of importance, people talk about you. They dissect you. They, they look at the complexities that are you, right? We've, we've been able to understand different backgrounds so much more deeply because we'll go through the process of making a character and, and telling their story, right? When it comes to, movies and music and literature all that is is really storytelling right you're telling what was or what is or what could be and just seeing that watching that whether you're watching it intentionally to like go into someone else's life or not you are going into someone else's life you are experiencing a world or an experience through somebody else and that alone i think is just why we're so fixated on content on movies, on film, because it takes us to a different land. It takes us into someone else's experience. And in going to someone else's experience, we get to like really just look at ourselves. You know, we're always comparing and contrasting like, wow, that must be so hard for that person. I've never had to endure something like that. Or you look at it and go, oh my God, that's exactly how I feel about that. We're the same. We're, I'm just as awkward as that. Oh, that person's so angry. Like, I feel that. I know that anger. And then there's catharsis in that. There's a lot of therapy in that by knowing that you're not alone in feeling that. And, and going back to my original statement, which is that 
you look at the data and you look at all the many shows and the movies that have existed showing different experiences, telling different stories, the number that are accurate or, you know, <laughs> honestly give enough credit and give enough honest depiction of the Asian American experience are like so depressingly few. Now, that's not to like bash on it because I'm very grateful for the things that have existed, but it's just so, so narrow. And honestly, I don't want to spend even that much time bitching about it because it, to me, it feels like it's such a tired thing. But for context sake, just anyone who's not Asian or Asian American, or even if you are, like, we've had such garbage <laughs> roles. We, and this comes from an actor, too. Not even just a spectator and audience, but just from an actor. Like, you either got to be the kung fu guy or the nerd, if you're male, the completely emasculated nerd, sidekick, buffoon. Or you got to be, like, the dragon lady, like, the overly severe, intense, non-English-speaking Asian, East Asian woman. Or you got to be the, you know, basically, like a subservient porn star you know you get to be like the geisha girl who's there to i don't know get on her knees and blow every white guy in the room like i don't know it's just like that, that's what comes to mind you're 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 not the main character you're not the lead you're not somebody who is going through a complex range of emotions like you're there to support the lead you're there to be a background line filler. You're there to be an entertaining sidekick, sideshow. And that's really what it's been, if it was that at all, right? So for Asian Americans to be at the center of a story, I mean, I think that's like a handful of stories that actually does that. And a lot of, you know, people have been speculating and like doing the data research on when were the last time when was the last time there were Asian Americans that were leads, that were in an ensemble cast, that were modern, that were showing, you know, who we are, good, bad, ugly, and otherwise. The last one before Crazy Rich Asians was Joy Luck Club, and that was in 1993, you guys. It was 25 years ago. And in that 25 years, how many other shows and movies have gotten greenlit and made? Probably in the thousands. It took 25 years from Joy Luck Club to now for a studio to back a feature film with an ensemble Asian-American cast about a modern Asian-American story. It's just baffling to me. And not that many people care about that. Not that many people are in the industry that I'm in. But just, like, think about that for a second. I mean, that's just ridiculous. People have argued, like, oh, there was, like, letters to Iwo Jima, and there was memoirs of a geisha, and there's, like, Harold and Kumar. Great. I mean, yeah, great. Asian-American actors getting a role. Again, like, it was, like, three or four movies. I'm sure that there are other ones as well. Um, but it's less than two hands. You know what I'm saying? And having an ensemble cast, having family members, having aunties and uncles and grandparents and parents, and having, like, the full breadth of the experience— in a modern setting where people are actually speaking English, um, that's even fewer, right? Uh, we had All-American Girl with Margaret Cho way back in the day. And then like 20 years later, we got Fresh Off the Boat with Randall Park and Constance Wu and Hudson Yang and Ian Chen and Force Wheeler. Like, 
That took 20 years for the next sitcom, for the next sitcom, to, for an Asian family to appear on, on a major studio. And it's just crazy. You know, we have to acknowledge the, the madness of that. And also what I care about is the damage that it does by being invisible. Now, watching this movie, I was so excited because I know factually and anecdotally and emotionally how few and far between representations, even being close to myself, are. It's not a common thing. And it's a really weird way that we operate in the world when we don't expect to be seen. Okay? It just subconsciously messes with your mind and it messes with your... It messes with your voice. Like, I, I see it now. So many things became clear to me as soon as I really started to kind of peel back the layers of Asian America and see why people are... I mean, going back to my last episode with Long, the difficulty in being vulnerable. Being vulnerable and taking any kind of risks, like speaking up, even voting or feeling like you matter or feeling like you can make a difference or asking for a freaking raise or going for a position that is intimidating, but you're perfectly qualified for in a leadership position of a company or an organization, telling no to a shitty person that should not even be hitting on you. Like that's, that's a whole other thing that I'm definitely going to dive into that I've been discovering myself, like having boundaries in general and having feeling power to say no, when you're disrespected, being invisible is a very dangerous and toxic thing. It's a very debilitating thing. So on the flip side of that, now in this moment where we're feeling seen, and we're feeling understood or like we matter and that we're sexy and that we're beautiful and that we have stories that matter. I mean, I can't put fully into words how wonderful that feels, too. Um, it's just all the feelings, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people can relate to the fact that there's like. There is a level of pride and elation, which I'm with you guys to celebrate, like, damn, like people, even just like for other communities of color coming to the fore and like just being excited that there's there's different stories being told. That's an awesome feeling to feel like solidarity with other people, too, who also feel other. They're like, dude, this is so great for the Asian community that you guys have a film where y'all are the leads and not getting whitewashed out of your own stories. <clears throat> the Great Wall. Um, <clears throat> Scarlett Johansson. Good Lord. <clears throat> Aloha. Anyway, um, but yeah, we get to own our own story. Like, who would have thought? Who would have thunk? But to see, feel that, you're like feeling elated, you're feeling proud you're feeling like joyful you're feeling hopeful because you're just like yes this is the beginning this is where you know there's going to be so many more green lights because this is going to be successful like there's all those feelings now i know that there's also a lot of feelings of this isn't my story and i'm not represented in this and like why the hell should i care and i feel that like I'm not trying to take away from anybody feeling that if that is what anybody feels like it's valid because it doesn't. There's no way. Again, what I said, the data, go back to the data, the statistic. There are more than 46 countries in Asia. OK, there's so many heritages, so many dialects, so many languages, so many cultures, ceremonies, stories, experiences in America and otherwise. 
You could never have that be represented in one movie, nor should any. How many freaking movies do we have about one war? You know, one American war. How many movies do we have about World War II? You know what I'm saying? We have like 8 trillion and we're never going to see them stop. You know why? Because there's 8 trillion stories from World War II. How is one film about Asian America ever going to be encapsulated in one film? It's just not possible. So I think for those who are feeling salty about that or feeling like they're rejecting this film simply because it doesn't represent their story, A, like I feel you. B, like we got to get over that. C, like we know, all of us know. And if you don't know, please do know there's no way that any sane person would expect one film to just represent everybody. And that's not what anyone's saying. It is a win for Asian America, and that's simply it. And it's sad that I felt so defensive, but that's the honest truth with Asian America that I've seen from the inside, deep in the ugly guts of all of it, that there is a lot of like intra-competition. There's a lot of feeling like, my story's more important. Oh, I'm Vietnamese-American. I'm Korean-American. I'm Japanese-American. And there's a lot of real shit in between all that that validates even those emotions. There's a lot of bad things that people have done in the past in history to hurt one another, right? There's a lot of political, like, family drama. It's like the Sopranos, but on steroids. I don't know. I didn't even really watch all the Sopranos. Um, but, you know, like you're talking about centuries and generations of of our own wars and political turmoil and drama and like yeah so there's a lot of there's a lot of saltiness and competition within the asian community where they don't feel like all right it's not me it's not my story so i don't care right but what i think is really beautiful about this film is that a lot of those differences are being put aside. I think it is a really big moment forward, not even just for like white America, not even just for America in general to kind of insert Asian Americans into the diversity conversation, but it's also a movement forward for Asians because there's something to collectively root for. And if you are Asian in America or another like predominantly white country like Canada or Australia or England, Y'all know that there's a lot of shared racism that Asians experience that is just based on the fact that you yellow, like you're not, it's not even, a, or brown or like, you know, just because that you're othered, right? And because of that shared experience, we can put aside past drama for a second, you know, we can put that a pin in that and celebrate something that is something hopefully constructive for all of us, that people can watch a film and relate to it. That white America, black America, Latino America, like the whatever, like the rest of the world can watch this and have some better understanding of who and what Asian people are, right? What what Asian people go through. It's just a tiny, tiny, tiny little sliver, but it's a start. It's a huge, huge milestone, you know, and we got to celebrate that. So I'm saying this all because I know that there are people who are salty about it not representing them. To them, I give you a hug, and I'm also just like, come on, man, or woman, or he, she, they, whoever you are, just celebrate, you know? This is a win for a lot of for a lot of everybody, even if it is not your particular story. And I know that there's a lot of people out there who are also just, like, apprehensive. They're like, oh, I don't—Asian people, people get so few opportunities, you guys, that it's hard to be— celebrating something or excited about something when you don't even know if it's good because it's hard you don't want to you don't want to be that idiot that's like yeah go watch blah 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 and then that person goes and watches it and ends up being like a total piece of shit you don't want to be that person 
It's embarrassing. Whether it's about your representation or whether it's just about your taste, you don't want to be that person. So I get that. So in terms of the apprehension, my take on the film is that I loved it. I'm a huge rom-com fan. But also, just because I'm a rom-com fan does not mean that I like all rom-coms. There's a ton of them that I think are overly cheesy. Um, the chemistry's bad, and I just don't believe that these two people are in love. There's not enough story to kind of make me care about the characters. So let me tell you, this girl right here that likes rom-coms, that loves rom-coms, I got standards, okay? So given those standards... I still really love Crazy Rich Asians. I thought it was a very sweet story. And again, something we haven't seen before. Um, And goes back to like how I felt the first time I watched it. And every single time I watched it since then. There's something very special about seeing two beautiful Asian American people just be in love. And it's this weird feeling that I didn't know what I had not been seeing. It's like it's realization like, what's the line from another? Okay, there's another rom-com that I love called Fools Rush In. And it's with Chandler Bing, which is not Chandler Bing. It's Matthew Perry and Salma Hayek. And it's a white guy, Chandler Bing from New York, who falls with a Mexican girl, Salma Hayek. And he says to her, you are everything I never knew I always wanted. I love that line. I think it's so sweet and I get really emotional when... He says that when I like re-say it. It's beautiful. I, you're everything I never knew I always wanted. Kind of how I felt about Crazy Rich Asians. Like, I was just excited for the representation part. But when I actually watched the movie and I actually saw a couple that looked similar to me and my boyfriend and my past boyfriends, like just my experience being on this huge screen, like I felt so emotional. I was like, I didn't know that this is what I'd always wanted to see. I didn't know that this is what I needed to see to kind of feel seen in a different way. Does that make sense? And there's a lot of Asian people who are walking out of theaters and laughing. They're just like, is this how white people feel? (laughs) Is this how white people feel? Because they see themselves all the time, like all the time in everything. Wow, what a feeling. That's the feeling that I've had. It's like, what a feeling to be seen. And I got to tell you, the chemistry between Henry Golding and Constance Wu it holds up like I it's believable there's genuine love and chemistry between the two of them so if y'all like rom-coms coming from someone with standards I do recommend this film um so yeah I feel like I've just given a lot of different contexts a lot of different emotions to the initial reaction now it's just been a whirlwind honestly fast forward nine months from the first time i watched it and watching different iterations of the edited versions now we're finally at the premiere and i got to be at the premiere uh, with the cast and crew at the chinese theaters in hollywood on hollywood boulevard you know one a few yards away from the dolby theater where they hold the oscars every year and I've been to other showings at that theater before, but this one was really significant. It felt special. There was a different energy in the air. And it was a really beautiful and proud moment. Um, I had the privilege of, because of my work with collaboration, I got pulled into the fold with Warner Brothers. And I actually got to be on an advisory committee to help them figure out how to market and talk to the audience about this. And I really genuinely respect Warner Brothers for doing that because I don't think a lot of companies and studios have done their due diligence. You know, when they're talking to a new audience, I think they go with 
whatever, you know, the path of least resistance, whatever they know and whatever they think they're the authority on and whatever is easiest, they'll do it. But it didn't feel that way with this one. They, it felt like this is an important moment for Asian Americans. We don't know what that experience is. We don't know what the controversies are. We don't know what the celebration moments are even. We just know that it's important. So let's ask some freaking questions to people who do know. And for that, I have so much respect for Warner Brothers. I thank them. I had so much fun um, being with colleagues and like people that I've worked with with collaboration in the community, like people from CAPE, which is the Coalition for Asian Pacifics and Entertainment. Uh, my girl, Jess Chu, who was on my podcast when we talk about online dating, she's my friend from that organization. You know, we just got to bring different heads to the table. We got to be asked questions. We got to be, you know, heard. And that alone is just amazing. And I think because of that, we did get to contribute our thoughts to, I don't know, like, I don't know because I don't know what was happening in John Chu's head. I don't know what happened on the editing floor, but we got to voice our opinions. I wrote a freaking essay the first time I watched the first cut that I did. Um, We all got to just be heard and give recommendations. And I got to give Warner Brothers insight on, like, the naysayers, you know, because people were already talking negatively and that's fine. People can have their opinions, but people were talking about the book. They were talking about the trailer and it was great to have those conversations. So I'm grateful for that experience. I was grateful to be invited to the premiere. It gave me so much motivation and hope and excitement and pride as an actor. Um, I never thought I would be here working in Hollywood. Like it was always a dream. And I will be the first to say that, yes, Hollywood absolutely has a lot of problems. It has a lot of issues and it has a lot of nonsense that goes on, as does every single other industry. There are politics, there's egos, there, <laughs> there's, you know, undermining manipulation, like there's all sorts of things. And there's also a lot of amazing people. Like I am, at the end of the day, so grateful that I get to be in an industry where I get to make movies and TV and podcasts and anything. Like, I never thought I could be creative or be influencing creativity um, as a living. Like, I just never thought that would happen. And it's it's a, it's literally dreams coming true. But in the dreams coming true, you also get to see, like, how problematic it is and how hard it is to make change happen and how many different players need to be on a team to shift the needle even like this much. You know, like in the grand scheme of things, this move that we made is just this much. It's not a gigantic leap, but it is so important and it is so hard earned. All of this leading to me still feeling very proud and very thankful that this movie exists. Um... I just don't want to spoil it, but, you know, from somebody who's worked in the diversity space, who was very passionate about her own Asian American identity, who's extremely passionate about getting representation for Asian Americans and just for other minorities, other stories in the media, like, I feel like this is a huge win. And I'm just touched. And I was really moved by so many scenes, especially the ones with parents. Like, yes, I talk, I gushed about the love story, but there's so much about family in this that is so true. And, like, this is about a Chinese family, you know? I'm Korean, very Korean. But there's a lot of universal elements that made me just appreciate 
that version of it being seen. And it made me appreciate my own family and give more respect and honor to them because it made me just step outside of my family and look at another family like mine and just be able to like see all the interconnections and all of the hardship and all of the the love that's get there's so much love that gets shown in a very different way you know and that happens a lot with mothers sacrifices and with how hard they can be on their kids like that all does come from a place of love it's maddening it's like (laughs) it makes us all have therapy but who doesn't need therapy because of their parents that's a very universal thing okay that's not asian that that's just life because parents be crazy and we're all trying to figure it out generational divides alone are enough to send you to your local therapist but regardless, you know, um, yeah, I didn't even know that I had this much to say. Actually, I knew I had this much to say, but I didn't know what would come out when I started on this journey on this podcast. In any case, I hope that you go watch it. Um, I wanted this to be out during opening weekend. It is the most important weekend. It is the box office numbers are that which influence the studios the most to make future investments to greenlight the next the next Crazy Rich Asians, the sequel. Because come on, y'all, this book is part of a trilogy, okay? It's not a one-hit wonder. It is an ongoing story. There are characters that we need to see more of. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying not to spoil it. But there are characters that are not... They ain't even started in that movie. We gotta we gotta make more, you know? And so the success, you know, the dollars do speak. Studios are businesses. They care about knowing that there's an audience that will watch the next movie and another movie that's, you know, in a similar genre, which is whatever, diverse and ethnically, you know, multiculturally diverse. Let them know we like that stuff. We being not just Asian Americans, everybody, okay? Everybody likes to watch unique, interesting, entertaining, well-made stories. I'm on board. I've been watching it my whole life. So if you care about me... (laughs) totally leveraging if you're a fan of me if you care about me and my future and my career please go watch crazy rich asians because that means more content will be made where i can be in it okay so that's a selfish request but i'm still putting it out there because genuinely i care about this not just on the community level but on a completely selfish level i want to eventually be able to play a dope leading role in something before I die. You know what I'm saying? Who knows when that's going to be? But that's, it's not going to happen if those projects don't get greenlit. Okay? Like, I want to be in a movie with Aquafina. That's like a dream. I want to be in a movie with Ken Jong. I want to be in a movie or show with anyone in Crazy Rich Asians. I got to meet them. I'm friends with half the cast. I'm friends with John Chu now. Like, they are incredible. If I got to collaborate with them in a project, I mean dreams. Again, I put what I want out in the universe would be dreams coming true. It'd be so much fun. And we would make amazing stuff. I promise you guys. We would make funny, heartwarming. Just I will go to class day and night to make sure that we make something really good for you. That's my dream. There are so many other creatives out there who have stories to tell. Writers who are who have scripts written, who ha- there's novels that can be adapted. I mean, I just found that they, they're making pachinko a thing, and, like, that book just, like, wrecked me, and I'm still processing it, but they're turning that into—they're going to make that a live version of that. I can't wait. I want to be in that somehow. 
I think I could play the role of Phoebe really well. Um, she angry, like we relate. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's just so much that is riding on this weekend. But regardless, it's all just it's, it's all just a celebration too. It's a good movie. Um, I'm so excited to see non Asians come out in such strong support. Shout out to Lena Waithe who bought out a theater, you know, out of her own pocket to like get people out to encourage the Black community to come out to support this. It's just very moving. This is very much more than just a movie. It's more than just a story. It is It is a symbolic moment of progress. Um, it's, it's a gateway. It's a bridge for people to really just look into each other's lives and start to understand each other more. Um, it is, I feel like it's a dam breaking for a lot of people. Asian Americans in particular, who do feel seen. And I know the fire that starts raging when you feel like you can do something. And those come maybe few and far between for certain people for different reasons. But I know that there are fires that are stoking hotter than ever before because they got to see this movie. Myself included. Like, I already had fire. Y'all know that. We have 40-something episodes to (laughs) validate my fire. But I do feel more energized, more motivated, bolder, braver, more courageous, and more defiant in a way. Like, if I get no's, I feel like the no's that I receive now will impact me less than if I had received them before this movie. I'm not kidding you. There is a feeling of solidarity and energy that I have moving forward to be like, I'm not taking no for an answer. And it might have not been that before. It might have taken me a lot longer to recoup from the previous no. Things are moving, guys. Things are moving. And I'm so excited. So please go support it and just have fun. Go with friends. And uh, read the books. Uh, I still need to read books two and three. And my, my boyfriend raves about them. He read the first book because he wanted to read the book before he watched the movie and he just raves about how it keeps getting better. So, still need to get on that. I apologize. Um, Yeah. This is a great moment and I'm very thankful to be alive and young and energetic (laughs) to ride this wave. And I hope that you enjoy it. And uh, one last anecdote because this is related to why this movie does matter so much to me, was I'm pretty sure I've shared this story on an episode in this podcast before. I don't care. It's my podcast. I can repeat things if I want to. Um, But I was down in Atlanta for Collaboration Atlanta as a host. Um, It's during the time I was executive director and just going to as many of the shows as I could. And that show gave me so much life. And let me tell you why. It was June of 2017, and I was, I'm putting my hand up to my, above my head. I was up to here with Asian America. I was done. I was sick of the politics. I was sick of the bullshit. I was sick of the fighting. I was sick of the rivalries and the drama and the competition for sponsorships. Like, maybe I need the whole therapy episode just to, like, rant about it, but... Asians don't like to air their dirty laundry, so maybe not. But I was just finished. Like, I was like, I quit. I don't want to support the Asian community anymore. They're hopeless. They're petty. They're unorganized. They're, like, 
it's not worth it. Like, I'm working my butt off, and so are my friends, and I love all of us. I don't want us to have to deal with this anymore. I'm done. That was my attitude. I was angry, exhausted, and fed up. Then I went to Collaboration Atlanta, and then they had six finalists from Atlanta get up on stage and just make my brain explode, okay? We had rappers, beatboxers, singers, indie artists, like R&B. We had DJ, shout out to Sharon, uh, DJ Miko, female Korean-American DJ, just slayed during the intermission. The vibe was incredible. The crowd was so diverse. It was probably like half Asian. The other half, usually collaboration shows are vast majority Asian-American. Because, you know, I mean, it's a show of focus on that community. But in Atlanta, it was like half Asian. The other half was like white, black, like everybody. Everybody just came out to support their friends, have a really great time. And it was magic, you guys. I swear, in that one night, I do credit that show in giving me hope and, you know, the fire got stoked again. And I was like, okay, I'm not giving up just yet. And uh, afterwards... There was an interviewer who is a freelancer for CBS. He was, like, wearing a journalism badge. And Julian's his name. Uh, I'll plug up. You got to go follow Julian on Instagram. He's dope. He came up to me, and he's he's just, you know, the venue was pretty much emptied out, and I was tired. I pretty much lost my voice, but I was happy. I was on top of the world. I was on cloud nine. And he was so kind, complimented me on my hosting skills. Thank you. And then he asked me, why I cared so much about collaboration. I'd already said all this on stage, but he was recording me for his piece. And then I came up with a different answer than I'd ever answered anyone before because I've been asked a lot. Like, why do you care so much about Asian America? Why do you care so much about doing it through entertainment? Why do you dedicate so much of your time and energy to collaboration? But specifically because Julian is African-American and he's asking me because he was asking me to my face. And I realized I, I never had a, a black man ask me why I do collaboration, why it matters. And he's a fellow person in media, right? He's a host and a journalist and a writer. So I looked at him and it was just like, I was so tired that maybe the simplest answer came out that I was like, because I know more about you, Julian, like I know more you, more about you, your story, your struggle, your triumphs, your comedy, your tragedy, like your history. I know more about you as a black man than you know at all about me as an Asian woman, as an Asian American woman. I know a lot more about what makes you tick, what makes you smile, whatever, like about your family life, about your culture in terms of music or whatever. Like, I just feel like I know you more than you know about me. And I just want to be known too. And then that was like, the magic moment i'll never forget that conversation for as long as i live because i feel like julian and i just like kind of looked at each other and all of it the like last decade of my life or more made sense to me in that moment it's like i just want people to like understand who i am too just a little bit just a little bit like i don't feel understood i don't feel seen but I'm ha- I have to walk around. I'm learning about everybody else, and it's dope. I love learning about everybody else, but I, w- I want to be understood, too. So that's what this mu- movie means to me. There are other movies that are coming out as well. Y'all need to check out Searching, starring John Cho. That movie is so good, too. It's written by two South Asian guys. They are hilarious. They are so good. Like, I was 
mad impressed by the both of them, by what they made and just their personalities because I got to hear a Q&A about them after. Um, not about them, including them. They're hilarious. Um, so I hope that you go watch that. Today is also—I'm recording this on the 17th, and today is the day that uh, To All the Boys I Loved Before, it came out on Netflix that's starring Lana Condor. She is a sweetheart. I freaking love her. I hope I can get her on the podcast someday. Um, she's I did interview her for a collab cast. Go, go check that out. She's Vietnamese-American, adoptee from Vietnam, and just so talented and such a sweet— energy about her she's talented as hell i swear this is like the teen rom-com that i wish i had when i was little but instead i got american pie and she's all that which is okay those are so funny but it's just not as sweet as to all the boys i loved before and it's very much like me i feel like it is me in that movie writing letters to all the boys um so check that out and yeah enjoy it just like watch different content expand your horizons it's all there if you're outside of the U.S., hopefully Crazy Rich Asians will be coming to a theater near you and hopefully you can watch it. And if not, maybe you just might have to wait for it to be streaming online somewhere. But I hope that you do watch it, support it, buy it, whatever, um, and just have fun. Um, and lastly, I want to do a shout out because it is the anniversary. It's the 17th. It is the anniversary of the passing of my friend Irene. Irene Cho, I did a podcast for her last year. Right, It was like right after I just started this podcast at all and she told me that she wanted to listen to it um she passed away one year ago today and it's just so bittersweet because she was the one who cared so much about asian american representation in film she cared about people of color she cared about different voices being heard and she worked her whole life her 45 plus years of life working in making sure that that happened whether that was working with studios working in pr working for sundance film festival that's where i met her um she worked she really did dedicate her life to doing that and i think she'd be so proud and so touched and so tickled by all of the awesome content that's coming out right now and all the solidarity all the excitement all the celebration like she would be here with all of us with me laughing and yelling and crying her eyes out and i hope that she's i hope wherever she is she's enjoying everything that's happening because it's part of her work. Like, we wouldn't be her if she didn't do what she did. And there's so many, most people in this entire world will never know that she did all that work. But I'm sharing it with you here because I credit her for giving me a lot of motivation and fire and love and hope and encouragement when I needed it the most. Um, so shout out to Irene. We miss you and we love you. And hope you're enjoying the show. Um, and that's it. That's it for my Crazy Rich Asians. I'll probably talk about it still. Who knows? Not the last time I'm going to talk about it. I already watched it five times. Not the last time I'm going to watch it. Um, so excuse me while I wipe my tears. But I thank you for tuning in and listening to me rant about a movie for this long. But it's a really important moment for Asian America, for the world, I think. And I hope we'll all take whatever it is that we're experiencing and channel it into something constructive um if you don't like the movie that's fine and if you think that there are better stories to tell do it go tell it you know what i'm saying that's the point this is not the end all be all this is a beginning and you know fires are getting stoked um let's do this
All right. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you to Marvin Ewing, my audio engineer, my producer. Thank you to Aquafina again, and congratulations, girl. You killing it. I cannot wait for your next movie. I don't know the title, but she's playing the lead, and uh, she went to China for the first time, and I think for her, like a decade, to go uh, experience being a lead character that's not crazy and comedic uh, about family. And so I cannot wait to see that film. Um, I know everyone in the cast is just like having so many more projects. It's so dope. I love it. But shout out to Aquafina. Thank you for use of your song, Yellow Ranger. Um, thank you to the Potluck Podcast Collective for letting me be part of this collective of Asian American storytellers and podcasters. Um, you can find me on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Spotify, and everywhere else that you find podcasts. You can follow me at Minjeezy. I'm just going to like start plugging my personal one because let's be real, I don't post on my other one um follow my life guys i also made a facebook fan page who'd have thunk i'm doing my grind i'm hustling if you want a fan like me you can go to facebook.com slash minji chang actor and if you want to support me and this podcast uh as an independent artist you can go to patreon.com slash first of all podcast you can email me at first of all pod at gmail.com and that's it Thank you guys. I love you. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.